This is an ABC podcast. This is Saturday Breakfast on ABC Radio Perth and WA. Good morning and thank you for being with us uh, this morning on Saturday Breakfast. Rowanna Edwards is out unwell today. I got the call up at 5am and hey, I bounded in here to hang out with the lovely Perth and Western Australia audience because what else would I rather be doing on a Saturday than hanging out with you guys? Uh, We just had a great chat with Chris Parry, um, our uh, travel writer, about picking fruit around WA and you would have heard Sabrina Hahn just bound on in here, even though it wasn't roots and shoots and have her say about the old grape and which one you can make wine out of and which one you should just eat. It's time to get out and about in the garden with Rowanna and Sabrina here on ABC Radio Perth and WA. I've actually kicked Rowanna out of the room and said, I want to do it today. No, as I mentioned, she's unwell. But Sabrina, you are thriving. Thriving is the very word because I am surrounded by the bestest people in the ABC with Ebony producing and you here. And Rowanna is here in a form because her energy is still here. (sighs) That's just so beautiful. I couldn't. I wouldn't have put it like that, but I'm glad you did. <laughs> well, I love coming in on a Saturday morning because it's like playtime for me, <laughs> Dustin. People say, "Oh, do you miss never having a Saturday off?" And I said, "Well, I don't consider it work really. I just consider it play." And no one else is in here on Saturday as well, oh. so we don't have to worry about anyone walking in and saying, "You shouldn't have said that," or "Don't mm. do this." Mm. We push the limits. Or perhaps not such a good idea to come in your pyjamas because people may see you coming into the building. I thought about it this morning when I got the call at 5 a.m. I thought, you know what, should I just put my sweats on? And then I said, Dustin, you don't know who's on the schedule of coming in. I might walk in here and... Uh, we Mar- might have someone important. Maybe Mark McGowan was going to be on the show and he'd catch should- me in my tr- tracky dacks. I have had Mark McGowan on the show on the gardening program when Has he was he? Minister for is Environment. He- yeah, yes. Is he a bit of a gardener? I think he is actually. I think he quite loves a green space. Um, he was very good. He played along. Like I had, as I do, Dustin had my little poking stick out and gave him a- Gave him a couple of pokes about the environment and how we should look after it. And he was really good. If you don't want to play along, you have to play along when you ask <laughs> to play along. So you just do it. And we want you to play along this morning with us as well. If you've got any questions uh, about your garden, this is uh, your chance to get involved with Roots and Shoots. one three hundred triple two seven twenty, 222 or send through a text message. 0437-922-720. We'll get those answered. How's your garden looking at the moment? Actually spectacular because I have a film crew coming through on Wednesday. What are you filming? I've flogged myself to death in the... (laughs) In the garden. Um, we're just talking about uh, the the switch. I'm, I'm wanting gardeners to keep their gardens because now people with a bore are now restricted to two watering days a week rather than three. So I don't want people having a knee-jerk reaction and saying, well, we can't have a garden. We've got temperatures of 44 degrees. We're going to let the garden die. We're just going to pave over the whole lot and put down artificial turf. <gasps> Please don't do that. So we're just doing a little thing of, okay, there are a few things that you can do to help your garden survive through the two waterings, which, of Mm. course, you'll have to, you will have to supplement water. Yeah. So you're going to have to do what we did in the olden days. What did you do in the olden days? Well, we had a hose in our hand and we watered stuff. I still water with a hose. Isn't that a lovely thing? I enjoy being out there watering. I think it's really relaxing. It gives you – I used to love coming home from work, walk inside before Harper was around, and then we would – I would just go out and spend 15 minutes in the back just watering, just thinking about the day, what's going on. Listening to the birds. uh, Yeah, there were some birds and those big – Grasshoppers. I oh, get those a lot yeah. in my house. I, do you? Yeah. So much fun to cut their heads off. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't done that. Oh, haven't you? No. Oh, everyone should try that at least once. <laughs> and then you feed the grasshoppers to the birds. The birds would love it. The birds absolutely adore it because it can't jump away from them. <laughs> it's it's a, it's a little tip I'll share with all the gardeners out there. So the birds are hanging around your garden because they know that they're going to get fed without Free. having to do much work. Free and easy.
<laughs> the rain at the moment has obviously been good for the, the Yeah, the all the late rain, we've, we should cherish and bless that rain that's coming from the sky. Mm-hmm. So um, it's going to be a tough year. Um, but I've been playing down at the, because of course the Perth Outdoor Garden Festival is on. Yes. All weekend, so it started on Thursday. So if you're too shy to ring into Roots and Shoots, because some people are. Yeah. I know. And sometimes when I'm on, on Tuesdays, when I get the, the text messages, I give them a call mm. and I say, hey, would you rather ask this? Yeah. And I just give them that little jeer up. Oh, and then they get on the air and they love it. They have a great time. Dustin, you're a legend. It's called producing. <laughs> <laughs> So Ebony could do that for you as well. If you if you need a little jeer up and you have a question and you're a little shy and you don't know if you want to ask it, uh, give us a call now, one 720 or you can send through the text message on 0437922720. We have a couple we're going to get to now. Or come down and see me at the Perth Garden Festival. I thought you were going to say come into the ABC studios right now. No, we don't. We don't no, we do that. We don't do that. No, we do not encourage that at all. People will see that I come in my pajamas. We don't want to encourage that, Dustin. You're not in your pyjamas. Uh, no, I don't. You've got your work shirt, your pink Sabrina shirt on, uh, or you can send through an email, actually, if you've got a photo that you want to share with us that uh, we need a little bit of explanation, perthweekends at your.abc.net.au. Um, let's read Linda's one. Yes, let's Let's do. see what Linda has. She says, hello all. Can you ask Sabrina, I can ask her, yes. uh, how I maintain my no-dig lasagna? Ah, yes, veggie garden. layering veggie garden. Yeah, yes. I converted it. I converted my raised veggie bin a few months ago and had some great silver beet over the winter. However, the veggie bin is now sinking. Do I fork it to aerate? I presume I don't dig it over. Uh, you, I would definitely fork it. Um, and then you will need to, even though it's, it's not compacted, compacted, but um, definitely fork it over and then I'd put in some more compost and some more mulch on top. I may be sound very silly here, but a no-dig lasagna. Oh, okay. So so what that is is you do layers of various things. Like a lasagna would like be. Like a lasagna, yep. but instead of using meat sauce and white sauce and sheets of pasta. Don't get make me hungry. I'm, <laughs> I'm starting to salivate. You're going to use manure and compost and soil and okay. mulch. So you layer that and then you leave it for a few weeks and it all starts breaking down um, and then you plant straight in it. So all those layers, eventually all the good bacteria and fungi move their way up and down through the, the, the whole built-up bed mm-hmm. and you grow the most awesome veggies. But you don't have to get in there with a shovel. Why not? But because it's uh, just decomposed like yeah, by himself. It just it just decomposes and composts. And a- any vegetable you could throw in there. Oh, absolutely! All the veggies. Should you be doing that with any like? Is is that pretty much preparing the soil for yes. the vegetables? So you should yes. be spending time before you just go and throw the vegetables into the garden. Considering that most vegetables are annuals, they require high nutrient and high water inputs. So it's all about the soil. If you want nutrient density in your veggies, then you have to have the nutrients there. You have to have the minerals. You have to have the biology in the soil. So the big thing for any plant material, but in particular vegetables, if you don't do the soil prep and have a biologically active rich soil, you are not going to get all those nutrients that you require for your body in the vegetables that you are eating. Ah, gotcha. So soil is everything. So Linda should fork it. Fork it, baby. Fork it. Fork it, Linda. And then more compost, a bit more manure and more mulch on top. All right. Well, I'm learning something new every day here. Uh, Patrice from uh, Gulwa Beach uh, has joined us and has a question about tomatoes. Good morning, uh, Patrice. Oh, good morning. Hello, Sabrina. Hello, Patris. How are you? Good. I uh, gave Brooke a big hug for you. Ah, thank you. Thank you. Who's Brooke? (laughs) That was a bit awkward. (laughs) 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 And I'm sorry about bringing up your ex-husband last week. Ah, that was hilarious. Anyway, how did Brooke Brooke take the big hug? 
Did he love it? I, well, he always, like, he's, um, he comes here in, on his break sometimes. He's oh. in the mines. And, yeah, uh, yeah. He normally gives me a bit of a hug anyway. We've oh, been friends for many, many yeah, years. So yeah. I gave him one out of the blue and I said, this one's from Sabrina. <laughs> <laughs> I love that lady. My <laughs> oh, champion. He would have loved every minute of it. Oh, yeah. And being an ex-shearer, he, um, he gave me a fair bit of a squeeze. Oh, yeah. Well, he's a strong lad, is Brooke. A oh, strong lad. Oh, yeah. He's got bloody fingers like sausages. <laughs> <laughs> I, I feel like I'm missing out because I don't know who Brooke is. I need to meet Brooke and see these strong hands and fingers. Oh, Patrice, what do you? He gave me. He gave me a haircut while he was down last. I oh, did. Trip he? And, you're uh, looking good. Oh yeah, he sheared yeah, you like a he, sheep. Yeah. Under the he one did, arm. He did. He not not under the arms. No. <laughs> um, he wouldn't go there. Uh, no, <laughs> but he was pushing my head around like he does a sheep oh. and that. And, no, he did a really good job. Yeah, I don't know if I'd like my hair cut from a shearer. I've seen how they handle it. End up bald. I don't have enough. <laughs> I feel like I'm losing yeah, the hair then, already up here. Yeah, and then they just kick you uh, out by the bum. Yeah, that's right. Out the chute. Now, what can so, we do yeah. for you, Patris? Now, I've, I've got a question, uh, Sabrina. Every year I buy tomatoes. Yeah. Uh, different ones. I've got the yellow cherry and uh, these psychedelic things and that. But I always get ones that come up on the side of my driveway or in the middle of the garden somewhere that are by themselves. Yeah. You know, they just pop self up. Self-seed, self-seed, yep. And they always seem to be better than the bought ones. Why is that? Because they're bloody tough. So <laughs> so anything. Ah. The other thing is about self-seeders is that they usually revert back to an older variety um, and to be able to germinate and be left on their own, I reckon with all our tomatoes, we overwater them, okay? So they get a little bit sooky, sooky, la la. Um, and there's vi- there's so many viruses that go through tomatoes. So the ones that are, they're usually the cherry tomatoes that are, that are the, um, the self-seeding ones. Uh, and they're always so much tough and strong, Um so whenever I have them coming up, wherever I leave them, because I know they'll give me a, a bountiful amount of fruit. How much is overwatering? Well, we tend to water tomatoes every day, which you will need to do when temperatures are above 34 degrees. Mm. But I think that's where a lot of the fungal and viral issues come from. So tough love. When the weather's like this, you don't. Just leave it. Don't wet. Don't no. don't water right now. No, 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 no. If you've got rain, you don't need to water. Save the water. So, but someone that we that we um, that knows a lot about this topic. So I don't know if anyone has listened to or watched, I should say, River Cottage Australia. I have not, but tell have me, you do not? tell. Anyway, we actually, Paul West, who is the host of the show, is in WA for this weekend. How perfect. For a Grow It Local festival. And he joins us now, Paul West. So we've snavelled him. Uh Good morning, Paul. Hello, Dustin. Hello, Sabrina. How are the two of you? Very. I'm so well. Great to be here. My veggie garden's going off like a frog in a sock. Oh, how good is spring? I love this time of year when things are just powering out of winter. And I have to say, I feel very at home listening to you two because generally when I'm not on the road like this, I do ABC Southeast Saturday morning radio. Yeah. And I'd be doing gardening talk back with Brent Whiter right now. Oh, yeah. oh perfect. <laughs> well, you can so do it with us. this is my regular Saturday. I know this is even better. I'm yeah. loving it. Yeah, well, you don't have to do so much work. Are you as risky on the Saturday breakfast over there as oh, Sabrina is here? Massively. <laughs> That's what Saturdays are for. All care, no responsibility. We kick all the journos out and do all the good stuff on a Saturday morning. I know. Isn't it great? Because no one's in the studio either, so you can get away with stuff. I don't even wear pants. I just wear shorts around. Sabrina's not wearing pants right now. (laughs) I can tell. I can tell by the tone of your voice, Sabrina. You sound comfortable. (laughs) <laughs> oh, I am. I am. Let me tell you. So, um, um, so Paul, you're here for the Grow It Local Festival. Do you want to talk a yeah. bit about what that is? Yeah, I'd love to. So uh, Grow It Local is a, an organisation that's partnered with a stack of LGAs around uh, Perth, Perth and Surrounds. We've got Canning Park, Rockingham, uh, Mandurah and Vic Park. Yep. Uh, and... and 
where uh, it's a platform to encourage people and to help them grow food, running workshops and helping new growers in particular feel really supported. Uh, and it's because it's a digital platform. I think everyone's, you know, had a lot of peak digital over the last couple of years. So in springtime, we like to go around and get some gardeners together and have a, have a good time because really it's uh, there's nothing better than getting in a room full of fellow gardeners. They're oh. such a good and generous and fun group of people uh, that, you know, there's never a bad time had when you get a room full of 50 or 60 backyard food growers. I know. Isn't it fantastic? That's the best. <laughs> ah, so, um, so they're, they're, they're free workshops. So there's, um, so today you've got, um, you're at the Hillview Hub in yes. Bentley. Uh, yes. And that's from um that's 11? from eleven. Yep. Yeah. And then no rest for you, Paul, because no. at two no. o'clock today you're with the town of Vic Park and that's at the Victoria Park Community Centre in East East Vic Correct. Park. Um yeah, so, no rest, so no rest for you, my friend. You might Spring be able time's to a busy time for gardeners. Slip in a quick <laughs> beer in between the two gigs. Do you need a ticket well, for these or are they free they're events? Free, you, but you have to, you have to register. Yeah, you uh, have yeah. to so how do they how do people register? Uh, jump on growlocal.com yeah. uh, and head to uh, the workshops or these um, presentations are all listed on the workshop page there. So it's not too late. There's still slots available. Oh, is there? If people want to jump onto growlocal.com, go to workshops. Uh, there's a couple of spots. I mean, they're quite well attended. So yeah. looking forward to, and I'm going to jump off the phone to you too and get in the car and, and go head and have off a, to, yeah, yeah. head off to Bentley. Then on Sunday, yeah, the city of Rockingham, you're at the Mary Davies Community Centre Library. Yes. The the library yes. at 11. Then you're at, oh, my goodness, you get around. Then you're down in Mandurah <laughs> at 4 o'clock. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. And I, I've, heard, I've heard that uh, the Mandurah City Council is actually going to light up the bridge there green in <gasps> honour of uh, Grow It Local and people uh, growing vegetables in their backyard. So that's oh, a bit of an exciting, bit of a bucket list so moment for me. Cool. Now, Paul, because you're the, um, the font um, uh, have I don't know in WA we've had a lot of trouble growing. Well, people have mm. had a lot of trouble growing tomatoes over the last eight mm. years. I would say a lot of it seems to be viral issues. Yes, um, is the same thing occurring over east? Oh, we we're just getting absolutely pounded with rain, oh. as I'm sure you've oh, seen yeah, course, uh, yeah. in the news there. So yeah. we we are having a lot of fungal and viral problems, yeah. uh, and a lot of things that you know. Even if you have beautiful free draining soil, I mean, I live on the far south coast, and I've got sandy soil, yeah. not Perth sandy soil. No, but, there's nothing uh, like Perth sandy nothing soil, like, which which I love. Just fosters <laughs> this beautiful culture of innovative, compost driven gardening gurus. Yep, absolutely. Uh, but, we bury but, everything we, we, here. Yeah. All <laughs> <laughs> went over to Western Australia and was never seen again. Yeah. <laughs> but gee, Sabrina's tomatoes are looking good next year. What's That's your secret? Right. Oh, <laughs> we bury everything in WA. <laughs> Don't worry about that. Uh, but I guess uh, one of the solutions uh, when you're not having an abundance of rainfall is I like to make sure that my tomatoes get irrigated at the soil level, not at the mm. leaf level. Yeah, yeah. Uh, because they don't. Yeah, they really like that deep soaking around the roots. But they, those fungal problems tend to kick off uh, when you're doing the old splash around with the hose. Yeah, yeah. So uh, if you do have tomatoes, and like I still love going through the garden with a hose and giving everything a water, you know, judiciously, of course. Yeah. But when it comes to tomatoes, I either get in ground, you know, drip irrigation along the ground, or I take the watering can and I actually walk up to the base of the plant. Yeah. And put it right at the base. Yep. Yep, and I've resorted to putting mine in pots uh, in really good soil. So oh, that yeah, nice one. Water doesn't get to the leaves at all because they're too high. Yeah. And I have to yep, hand perfect. water. So then I get to have a look at the little bugs that are on there and stay well, away know. from the. The grasshoppers. No, very easy. So that's my method. We have these grasshoppers here, Paul, that are the size of a racehorse. Wow. um, And they'll chew through your garden overnight and you've got nothing left. But they're pretty dopey. Like they've got wings and they fly, but they're a bit dopey in the morning. So you just sneak up behind them and cut the heads off. Well, that makes me think of the the, the great old saying that I remember, that the best fertiliser is a gardener's footprints. (laughs) 
So it's you know, like you can't can't press a button and uh, wait for your garden to do itself. There's just that little bit of time every day, and you're observing and watching yep. and killing grasshoppers and flicking snails off yep, and looking it. at those plants that need the little bit of extra TLC and uh, watching those little cherry tomatoes slowly ripen up. Oh, it's good for your mental health, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It's the best. I think it's good yeah, for everything, really. It it's good. kind of the, good I think of it the as the silver bullet. Yeah, it's good, good yep. for community. And that's why we're, you know, part of what we're doing at Grow It Local is yeah. to get as many people gardening as possible because Sabrina, Dustin, I know I'm preaching to the converted here, but... The world would be a much better place if everyone was a gardener. I so oh. agree. I, I agree with that. I, I've just become a gardener in the last few years. Um, Congratulations, Dustin. Yeah, I've converted. I never thought That's I would a... be a person that really enjoyed gardening, but I'm there now. Yeah, oh, yeah so but see, it's, I guess because we always think of it as being like a, a kind of daggy thing that your grandparents do. Yeah. or you know, The cool kids don't garden, but really I think everyone's waking up to the joy and benefit of getting your hands in the soil. And it's one of those things that we can't, you know, we'll never be able to replace. I know that there's a lot of innovation in the gardening space of these kind of like press button, you know, gardening systems where it's all robotic, but that's, it misses the point. It's the process of gardening. It's getting out there and having that nature commune and watching things grow and nurturing them. It's the embodiment of hope and delayed gratification. Cool kids garden, Paul. Cool kids garden. Get that on your bumper. Dustin. (laughs) Yes. I love it. I'm going to use that today. (laughs) Enjoy your trip out here in WA and uh, enjoy me. Andrew and the green, the thank the, you. Yeah, the green bridge. The green bridge. Can't yeah. wait. Put on your I've already Reese. had a restorative drip in, a uh, restorative dip in the Indian Ocean after oh, arriving last night. So I felt right at home straight away. Ah, oh, ripper, Paul. Thank you so much, and <laughs> all the best for all the workshops. And may you get many hugs from many a gardener. Uh, I'm sure I will. Thank you both <laughs> so much for the time. <laughs> thank you. Paul. That is Paul West, local growers. He's uh, from the local growers meetup event. And um, if you need to head to any of those, uh, head to their website. All of the details are there. I want to look out for uh, Sabrina just trotting along during Melbourne Cup on her grasshopper that is the size <laughs> of a racehorse. They're huge. They are big. Seriously, that. I large. send pictures to people in America every time I see one and just say, yeah. look what's in my garden. But if you capture one and you spread its wings, they've got the most beautiful wings because oh. they they fly as well as jump. Yeah. And I don't I have to say that I I have this policy where I only kill if I never use pesticides or herbicides. Hand kill only. I hand kill and it's a quick death and I don't kill all the grasshoppers um, because I have the Wattle birds and magpies that like the hunt. Uh, you're like the, you're just the control mechanism. Yeah, if I've got too many of them, I'll take out a third oh. and then leave the rest. All right, before we get to uh, your pick of the week, let's get into uh, one uh, more question. Uh, Dave and Jinjin joins us. Uh, Dave, uh, what's your issue in the garden this morning? Oh, well, it's about uh, the arum lilies down south, the uh, southwest, they're spreading like mad. Oh, my God, it's <laughs> so bad. Oh, that's terrible. And they are toxic as well. So yes. I was wondering if you ever heard of a biological control? Because no. No. everything from Africa seems to be elephant-proof. And, uh, yeah. And, there uh, is think, there is no yeah. biological control that I know of, Dave, and they are mm, – there's there's a couple of herbicides that they're using now, but it needs to be all – the, all the councils need to actually get together because the, the, the problem is so enormous and they are so widespread. I don't know how we're going to contain them now, Dave. And there's, the, you know, millions of them from – you know, basically from Perth all the way down to Albany. So we need a strategy on controlling them throughout the entire area. They're just an appalling problem now and it's completely out of control. I would have have imagined that we have figured out a control mechanism for them by now but well we can spray them but the problem mm-hmm. is it's like all weeds that have be, become naturalized unless it's a joint cooperative effort that goes down the whole strip through the southwest we we're just not going to get on top of it well dave and jinjin good luck with the arum lilies arum, arum, arum lilies. lilies yeah oh. You know, the ones with the beautiful, big, white, white. faith flower. We used to always love going and looking at those when we were kids and we'd be driving 
you know, out. It would be, I think, it would always be where it's wet. Yeah, they like, they need damp ground. They mm. grow in water, yeah. basically. Yeah. Lovely. So. Um, it is 9.30 a.m. this oh, morning. Oh, it is. And you know what that means? Oh, I do. I, I do, Dustin. I get to press this button. It is that time again. It is. Sabrina's musical pick of the week. Pick, pick of the week. I know you're going to dig this. Here we go now. Ah, oh, the dancing goes along with the pick, 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 pick of the week. Well, do you know, because I've been the garden festival, yeah. I had people come up and they said, we want more opera and more blues. Last time I was on, you played opera as well. Oh, well, I know you loved it so much. We did. I did. I did love yeah. it. I, I had never heard that song before. And then I think the song that you had played, I can't remember the name of it, but it was from a commercial back in the day when we were kids. And my mum oh. after said, oh, yeah, that was the... F- really? Oh, I wish I remembered which, what it was. Lemon trousers. It was a while ago. It was yeah. maybe six months ago now. Oh, I can't remember last week. So have you got opera for us again? I do. I do. I've got a bit of Vivaldi this morning. So um, so when I was thinking about um, all the people that run in the morning and I thought if I wanted to run, I would like to hear a whole different range of music. Yes. So I've picked a little Vivaldi number, Gloria, uh, Ludamus Tay, uh, because it's you could run to this and you would run like a gazelle. I, I was going to say, opera would not be my pick of music yeah. that you run to, but yep. Yep. I'm open this, to it. Yeah, yep. Yeah. So Ludamus Tay and um, the Sopranos are Arwen Myers and Danielle Sampson. And it's a very lively – well, it is Vivaldi, so um, – you say, you say that to me like it is Vivaldi. Well, yeah. I don't know Vivaldi okay. because, only because I'm not an aficionado of the okay. opera. Well, you could run to it. Okay. <laughs> It's light and gazelle-like. Um, On the toes. And it's all about the glory of God. Yeah. But, you know, the really interesting thing about Vivaldi is he taught, in, um, uh, he taught music in an orphanage for it was all exclusively girls, women. Um, so it was a music and, ah. and orphanage and, and he taught there. So uh, a lot of his, uh, his works, his concerts, he would always have – Women, yeah. Um, so we have a couple of couple of girls, couple of girls in here singing, singing a lovely, lively tune that you could run to if you're doing one of those park runs. All right, let's get into it. Let's see if you're out there running. I want you to call us and let me know if it made you lighter on your toes. Here we go. You know what? We were jogging knees to chest in yeah. here and I said to Sabrina, I don't know if you could run faster this. You said double time. Yeah, I was on the sprint. <laughs> you were sp- You were puffed over there? No, nah, not nah. at all. I could dance. Built for this. <laughs> How pretty is it though? It was light and beautiful. It was light and beautiful and, I, you know, we don't really get the opportunity. I think hair enough opera, so it's great to know that – you will be picking it. Absolutely. If there's ever new opera that comes out, can you yes. let me know for yeah. our music wrap on afternoons? Because yeah, there, there's lots of new opera that's come out in the last few years. Well, see, I don't, it doesn't come across my desk because it's oh, not really the genre that I'm oh, looking okay, at. right. Please share it with me. Oh, oh, bloody well will. And maybe we'll get some, we'll get some opera on there as well. Yeah, I think that's a great idea. You are promoting opera. One radio play at a time. That's it. Uh, We've got a couple of uh, calls come through uh, after our chat with Paul West uh, from Grow It Local. Um, If you want to check out where his events are, the website is Grow It Local. Just one word uh, as you spell Grow It and Local. Uh, .com. Go check out there and you'll be able to see uh, the events. Uh, there's one going on in the city of Canning, one in Vic Park. There's one also in Mandra as well uh, and one in Baldivis at the community library there. Um, so go check out that website if you wanted to uh, find out where they were. Uh, give us a call now. Uh, we are going to get some more questions and answers uh, done here on Roots and Shoots, one 720 or send us a text message like a lot of you have, and we have uh, a quite a large number of them. We're going to get into them on 0437 922 720. Um, 
Let's get to this one before we go to Val in Roeburn. Let's do. It says uh, it's from uh, Helen in Kareen. Uh, Sabrina, I have growing. I have successfully grown four Mona lavender. Mm. Uh, Mona or Mona? Mona. Mona lavender. Yeah. On the east west facing south side. Mm. That's east west fence south side, and it's thriving. Yeah. Do you think they will survive in the in this position in summer? Well, it's on the southern side, and I know it's east-west. That's a that's a plectranthus, Mona lavender. Mm-hmm. Now, they will not take full sun in summer, so they really do need morning sun, afternoon shade. If they're in total shade, they don't flower as well. So I know it's on the south side, but if it's going to get the afternoon sun, you'll have to dig it up and move it. It just burns them out, too yeah. much heat. The, the leaf is actually quite soft um, and hairy, um, but it yeah, definitely won't take full afternoon sun. Why do some leaves have hair on them? It's a mechanism to retain moisture. Oh, okay. Yeah. So the water doesn't just evaporate, slide on or yeah. evaporate off. Yeah. Mm. Ah. Mm. Smart little things, these aren't plants, they? aren't they? And then if you go and chew them, you get that little hairy stuff in your mouth. I'm not out there chewing leaves. <laughs> Do you do that while you're just out there gardening sometimes? I'll pick pick a mint leaf or a a basil leaf or just have a little pick. I heard the other day, and tell me if this is true, but in mangoes, Mm -hmm. the white sap that comes out is poisonous. It burns. It burns. burns. I'm highly allergic to it. I come out in great, massive, big welts. Are you allergic to mangoes as well? No, because I can drink mango daiquiris. (laughs) So... Clearly not. I'm not sure how much mangoes are in there with the oh, rest a of lot. it. Oh, <laughs> a lot of mango. <laughs> it's a health drink. <laughs> yes, yes, a health drink. That's what you're getting while you're on your vacations. Uh, the mango daiquiri for your... Uh, for your health and your well-being. Health and well-being. <laughs> uh, let's head to Roburn with Val. Uh, okay. Val, good morning. How are you? I'm well and yourselves? Doing very well. Very well. What can we help you with today? I have a passion fruit vine that won't have babies. Mm. No, no fruit. No fruit, Val. No. Oh, that's a bit poor. Um, and there's not a lot of shops in Roeburn selling delicious fresh passion fruit. Um, so uh, they are gross feeders, so you need to fertilise the hell out of them and put lots of poo on, whatever poo you can get up there, animal. i got but poo. Poo on hand. Okay. Um, but they're really gross feeders. So you need a fertilizer that's got lots of minerals in it. Do they like mushroom compost? They would love mushroom compost. Okay. That's my next thing. Now, the yep. next question I have, I have one of these trees that grows little yellow balls. A tree with yellow little balls. Little yellow. And big uh, pods. Uh, and and uh, the it, big pods. Are they? Ed- is it an edible one or it's a ornamental? They tell me it's a weed tree, but it gives my yard lots of shades. But it drops these little yellow balls. Okay. Uh, is it a uh, Cape lilac? Does it have purple uh, flowers, yellow balls, no. big? No, not that. Puppy balls, long seed pods hanging off them. Ah, oh, seed pods. Okay. Yeah. I can see the mind ticking over. Sabrina's running through her encyclopedia of... Um, And it's in... It grows in rope. Picture it and I'll tell you what it's called. Okay. That sounds champion. Did you say you were going to email the photo to us? No, I'm going to tell you. It tells me it's a silk plant. Oh, Oh, okay. Yeah, yep. Yep. Okay. Okay. I know what it is. Um, Now, what, what do you want to know about it? I want to know if I can put anything on it to retard it growing those shitty little balls. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me how you really feel, Val. No. Uh, unfortunately, Val, no. There's no – you won't be able to get a, um, a suppressant on it that prevents it from getting those delightful little balls. Um, what you need to do is when it finishes flowering, you get uh, a pole pruner and you prune all the flowers off and then you don't get the seed. Does the, and the, the seeds that she's talking about, are they the ones that kind of like let off almost what looks like pollen? They're very like... Yeah, so they're like little tiny stick parachutes and then they go... Everywhere. Everywhere. I can understand why Val doesn't want those yeah. pods on there, but I'm yeah. sorry, Val, there's not a way to do it. No, can't suppress the seed. 
Um, we've got our email address mm. open and uh, I've got one in front of me from Julia in Jollymont. If you want to yes. send one through perthweekends at your.abc.net.au is the email address. Uh, she says, we have these two plants in pots in our community garden huh. for at least a year. Yeah. They're in pretty much full sun. The leaves are going brown. Yep. Do we need to do something different? And well, if so, what? Well, they're pineapple plants. So... Pineapple so, plants. They don't grow yeah. pineapples, though, do they? Yeah, they do. They grow a pineapple. That's the pineapple plant. Yeah. Oh. It's a bromeliad. So the pineapple grows from the central part of the of the plant and it comes up on a stalk and you get the pineapple up on a stalk. Now, it's starting to warm up. Well, it was yesterday. Not so much today. Um, so you need to really fertilise and water them now. Keep them in a pot fertilise them, water them, cut off the worst affected leaves that are brown and spotty and look pretty rubbish, mm-hmm. um, keep the rest and you'll get pineapples in a year's, by next summer. It takes talk, two years. Like the regular pineapples that we eat, yep. sweet pineapples. Yeah, oh. they grow in a thing like that, Dustin. They grow on a spiky bromeliad and then they send a central shoot up and the pineapple develops on the central shoot. I've always thought if you know, if you were um if you were a bad person and you were reincarnated, yeah. you'd come back as a pineapple picker. <laughs> because that really spiky. It's not enjoyable. Oh no. I think <laughs> That might be mechanized now, but um, I wouldn't want to be in a pineapple patch. No. Picking pineapples. Pineapple pickers getting dragged through a pineapple patch. <laughs> Not some place you want to go. Julie in Jollymon, I hope that helps you. Uh, let's go to Williton. Uh, Nat has uh, sent through an email as well for us. Uh, good morning, Nat. How are you? Hello, Dustin. Thank you for coming in this morning. And thanks, Sabrina, for always being here. You're so Aww, wonderful. Oh, thank you, uh, Nat. Can you hear the unpuffed um, out? Yeah. Are you waiting. running? To the, were you running um, to the opera? Yeah, Vivaldi. No, ah. I wasn't. I was waiting to Vivaldi. <laughs> Couple time. But I tell you, I'm now really worried because I've left the wedding a bit too late. Well, I kind of do what Dustin does, you know, with the watering. I go out, t- walk the dog, come back home and go, oh, shit. Yes, it was. I can say that because someone else has said <laughs> that. Two of them in a row. For the yeah, third caller, right. no S words for poo. you. There's only poo. Like, Sabrina says poo. Yeah. Um, and so I pull out a few weeds with no gloves on. And I was like, all right, I've done that little bit. So I thought, oh, I want to come back out. Well, I listen to her and she says, I'm going to weed this of a yeah. catch with my beautiful lady and my woolly bush as well. I've done one little bit and I have got a poo load actually a truckload, of the little V, the, the weeds, you know that shocking weed that's everywhere? Oh, the flip weed. all the little seeds. Yeah, and the they go. The V seeds are now everywhere, everywhere. And I think, what am I going to do? How do I get rid of them? Because I'm now growing them for next winter. Next I know, winter. I know. So if they've already seeded, Nat, you're in oh, trouble oh. next year. Uh-oh. Uh, uh, uh. um, poo, poo, poo. Yeah, poo, poo, poo. And um, they are a mongrel, that flickweed, because the seeds oh. pop and explode all over the place. Um, oh, so right. you've got to gird your loins for next year, Nat. <laughs> <laughs> a bit more running to the valley. A bit oh, more running to the valley. nothing I can that. really do. Okay. Because I'm worried if I put down mulch, I'm just going to give them a nice little pinch. No, but if you put down five centimetres of mulch, that should suffocate them. Oh. Oh, But you need it five centimetres thick. Okay. Heavy-handed, Nat? Should I put, pardon? Heavy-handed. Go heavy-handed with it. Yeah, should I put some weed mat down first? No, never use weed mat. Number one, it's useless. Number two, it's environmentally painful. (laughs) Oh, doesn't break down. Okay. The only right. weed matting you would use is if it's coir. They have big coir right. rolls. You can use that and then put okay. the mulch on top of that, but don't use weed matting. Okay, cool. Thank you very much. I'll keep listening. Gird your loins, Nat. Gird your loins. Oh, I love our listeners. I tried to say last week, Dusty. Yeah. I tried to say, I meant to say, take no, <laughs> take, take no prisoners. <laughs> But what did you say? And out of my mouth came, take no soldiers. And then, and then I went, no, 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 take the, take the soldiers. Leave, Leave the prisoners. And then I, no, I went, 
Leave the enemies. No, not the enemies. No. <laughs> and in the end, I gave up. You would be terrible on the front line in a war. <laughs> And we had, like, we had 10 seconds. Get the enemies. Take the soldiers. (laughs) (laughs) Luckily, you're good at gardening, Sabrina. I know. Good Lord. one 720 if you've got a question that you need answered from Sabrina or send us a text message. Uh, 0437922720. It's just gone 947 on ABC Radio Perth and WA. Um, got this one from William on the text line. What's the secret to growing eggplants? Will they thrive in a grow bag? They will grow in a grow bag. The big problem with eggplants is people put them in too early when the when it's not warm enough. Eggplants like really hot weather. So if you put them into cold soil, they'll just sit there and do nothing and then become successful susceptible to bacterial rot in the root system or a fungal disease. So don't put your eggplants in now. Give them room to grow. Do not overcrowd them. They don't they don't like playmates. Yeah. They just want to be Solo in dolo. their own sandpit on their own. Like a single soldier. Yes, just like a single soldier. Out there fighting all alone. That's it. That's it. So they do very well in a grow bag. Full right. sun. Good Full luck, sun. William, with your eggplants. Uh, let's head to Manja, um, who will be having a green yeah, bridge, bridge yeah. shortly. Alan, uh, thanks for joining us. I hear you've got an issue with your mango tree. Yeah, that's correct. Yeah, i um got two mango trees. One seems to be a bit um, earlier than the other, but they, they get plenty of flowers each year, but I don't get a lot of fruit about <laughs> Three or four years ago, I got about 30-odd mangoes, but that was the only time. Okay. It could be a pollination problem, Alan. So one of the best pollinators for your mango tree are flies, bush flies, Mm -hmm. Um, lots of different insects, not so good with honeybees. Um, So you could get a bit of meat. And leave it out in the sun and hang it around the tree to attract the flies. To attract the flies, and they not so pleasant to look at, of course. The birds may love it, or do you have to hide it from the birds? So the birds no, the birds because it's off by then. It's oh, rank. They don't want it. Yeah. So, but the blowflies and the bushflies will think, oh, ah, oh, what a delight! A little smorgasbord. Do you get mangoes every year on a mango tree, or is it kind of a year-on-year-off kind of? Plant? No, you will get mangoes every year, but every second year you'll get more fruit. Oh, okay. Um, and the other thing about mangoes, once the once they're in flower, you've got to stop watering because people see the flower and the fruit developing, and then they water, 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 water because they go hurrah, yeah, hurrah! The mangoes are coming. Yeah, and then all the mangoes drop off. Why do they drop off? Too much water. Too much. See, we over love things. Mm. So, My mum says that all the time. She says, yeah. you gotta, sometimes you need to treat a treat of mean. Yep, exactly. Talking about plants here. Yep, yep. So, um, and of course, with a changing climate and the weather is just wacko all over the place. So yesterday I thought, yes, spring is here, summer's coming. And today I've gone, Get your jumper out yeah. again. So for plants, it's very confusing. So the not just the air temperature, where there's strong winds, really strong winds have a drastic effect on tropical plants. Cold nights, same thing. Mm-hmm. Tropical plants are not used to a big change from daytime to nighttime temperature. And we've had some really cold nights. So a lot of mangoes are going to drop this year. You'll be happy to know that the lemon tree in the back, my backyard, which is no good, you've mm. told me this, mm. while I was away, it blew over. Oh, good. Because of the wind. Yeah, great. So now you get it's almost thing. out. I'm just going to have to pull it. I'm going to pull it out now. I want you to do that this morning, Dustin, as, and I want photographic evidence. <laughs> as soon as I get home, I'm going to whip it out. Yep. Eric okay. and my wife will be happy about that as well. one three hundred triple two seven twenty. If you've got a question like Tim in Fremantle, who has one about finger limes, howdy, Tim. Uh, yeah. Good morning. Hello. Good morning. Um, so I've got a finger lime bush. It's a shaped like a bush, but it's in a it's in a terracotta pot that's probably a forty, I think forty liter pot. And yeah. I just want to know. 
I get I get limes off it like the size of olives, I guess. Yeah. Do they get and should I should I plant it in the ground? No. No, no, no. Not in Fremantle, Tim. Never put that finger lime in the ground. It'll be a slow, agonizing death. Keep it in a pot. Um okay. now you you can fertilize them. Get a get a fertilizer that's got lots and lots of different minerals in it. Don't over-fertilise them because you'll get fruit drop. They like high humidity and lots of water in summer, so keep it in a pot. Now, on uh, the good thing about having it in a pot, on 44-degree days it's really going to struggle, so you'll need to move it in either dappled light or morning sun. Um, you've got the right size pot, so I think it's just a fertilising regime. What finger lime? What you can use finger limes for the same things you would use regular limes, or is no. there a different taste to it? No, there. Well, there's no. There's not juice in it. There's like it's like caviar. There's the little nodules that mm. are inside, but the flavour is really intense. They're quite zesty, so they're beautiful in. Um, in any of the Asian dishes that you make up that you need that that really lovely, tart, sharp, limey flavour. Um, they're great in grated on pasta dishes. Oh, okay, yeah. And you can throw them straight, like I cut mine in half and put them straight on the barbecue and the oils come out of the, the skin and just mix those with fish, oh, beautiful in fish. Lovely. Mm. Oh, good to know. I don't know, well, I don't have a finger lime tree, so I haven't had to do it in the past. Um, we've got this message from Tony. He says, I have to agree with you, Sabrina. Pineapple picking the only is, is a terrible job. The only worst job is pheasant plucking. <laughs> did you like that one? I do like that one because <laughs> I know the song about the pheasant plucker. Says, cue the hilarious the <laughs> pheasant plucking song. Oh, I wish I had it to play because I have not heard it before. Oh, have you not heard the pheasant no. plucking song? No, oh. but it must be funny because the cackle that came out of you must have <laughs> It's tricky to sing. Tony, thank you for sending that one in. Uh, Georgia and Margaret River sent through this one. Um, wondering uh, wondering on Sabrina's tips for shaping a lily pilly into a t- oh, topiary. topiary tree, oh. recently planted and only about 30 centimetres high now. Get yourself a little handheld uh, edging, hedging machine, little one's got a little fork on it. It's a rechargeable battery one. It's awesome fun. And you just go. Not a chainsaw. And it does a chit-chit-chit-chit-chit-chit-chit-chit, the reciprocating. Yes. Not a reciprocating saw. Different thing. Little hedging. Little hedging. Saw. Mini version. It's your your way into the into the chainsaw. It's so cool. Let's head to. Emma in Seville Grove, uh, I hear you have an issue with some bugs. Hello there. Hello. Hello, Good morning. Um, Sabrina, I'm about to lose my SHIT over my garden. Oh, right. Why? I've got, I've got, I'm literally right now with uh, a cotton bud and metho. Uh, trying to get the mealybugs uh, off my finger line. uh, Mealybugs on my natives. uh, I've got aphids. Just on every part of my oh. roses, I've got moths everywhere, and oh, I've got. Emma. What can she do? I think it's I've got spring. chili thrip, and oh. I think I've got um, uh, spider mites as well. Oh, good Just lord! This is everything. A, I don't know if we have enough time know. to hit all of these right here. <laughs> I don't know whether just a lot You're of fire. You're in a disaster. <laughs> well, fire certainly helps. That sorts out your insects. So yeah, um, I'm trying to sell my house, so it probably wouldn't work. <laughs> no, no. Don't no. burn the house down as well. And people don't no. want to see a black charred mess. Um, okay, <laughs> I, I so. I don't know what to do. I okay, so. Everything. Yeah, I know, Emma. Okay, so what you need to do is you need to get uh, a potassium soap spray and you need a high pressure hose. Now this is what you're going to do, okay? You're going to use potassium soap over the all the plants that are affected by everything. Then you're going to wait for 5 days and then you're going to hit it with the high pressure hose. 
Then two weeks after the spray with the potassium soap, you're then going to go with a botanical oil and spray everything with a botanical oil. Then you're going to wait another five days and you're going to hit it again with the high-pressure hose. Then two weeks from the botanical oil spray, then you're going to go through with lime sulphur You're going to spray everything. Then five days later, you're going to hit it with the high-pressure hose. High-pressure hose. hose. One of your favourites. Emma, good luck with that. And if you missed some of it, um, just go on our website uh, coming up in the next hour or so and you'll be able to listen back on ABC Radio Perth to um, the gardening segment to get to that. We've got a couple of calls we're going to get in in the next three minutes. Uh, Let's quickly go to Jan in Bassendine. Jan, uh, quickly, what's your issue? Well, I've been buying packets of seeds, but none of them have turned into plants. And I want to know, can I do anything? Because I spent over $100 on (gasps) packets of seeds. Jan, oh dear. So my tip for you is when you open up the packet, you go and get a little packet of um, perlite or vermiculite. And you're going to mix the seeds into, say, one cup of perlite or vermiculite. Then you're going to get by seed raising mix and sow your seeds in a tray first. Then you're going to mist spray them or put the hose on a very fine spray. Spray them every morning. Uh, put them in a nice protected spot. But if you do that, your seeds should germinate and then you can plant the seedlings in. The mist spray is very important because yeah. otherwise if you go too heavy on it. The seeds go out, uh, out of the tray. I've done that. <laughs> I have done that. Let's get this last one in before we uh, head to the news at 10 o'clock. Uh, Lil in Jundana, uh, what's your question for Sabrina? Oh, good morning. Thank you. Good um, morning. Sabrina, Freesias, which mm-hmm. I just think is so lovely in the scent. Yeah. I've got some that are self-seeded in the lawn and post-flowering, I presume they're all the seed pods. Yes, that's so right. how do I keep and store them? Okay. So you harvest the pods, you cut the pods off, you've got to wait for them to be fully ripe. Then you put them in a glass jar and you save them until next winter and you will sow them next winter. And how do I know that they're fully ripe? Because oh. I have opened them, they're still green. No, you've got to wait for them to brown off, Lil. They've got to change colour from green to either a grey or a browny colour. You, as always, Sabrina, a full bottle of knowledge, encyclopaedia. And fun. And, f- and fun. This is an ABC podcast. 